Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. You surviving the hurricane Probably. quake. Um, yeah, basically. I mean, you know, you've you've been in LA, probably not when there's been um storms quite like this but um it wasn't even that bad just not this is this is just a city not prepared for rain really so wasn't that bad well yeah no not that bad at all in terms of like like you've had you've you i bet you've had worse thunderstorms this spring or summer in cincinnati than they had here like not, not not even joking but you know like this whole city is not prepared like it floods like the you know the sewers get so built up because there's never rain so it's not like being flushed with regularity then everything like overflows trees are like you know and on the east coast or where you know in cincinnati you get like windy thunderstorms all the time the, the trees kind of like self you know prune themselves yeah um like here you get fucking wind for the first time and like eight months and just like every branch comes down you're like what the fuck is happening but it's like it was nothing i mean i came home from the airport yesterday barely any wind like florida would laugh at the idea of it now there was a earthquake in the middle of the day i wasn't back for that yet but heard it shook the uh shook the area fairly decently i saw i saw some pretty nice waves though you know what it's funny that's how i knew it wasn't going to be that big because I was monitoring the, the, the wave models on like Surfline and stuff like that for the days coming. And they were just like, they were calling for like a little bit, but like on the East coast, when they get a hurricane, you'll like, you'll see wave report like, okay, it's going to be 12 to 15 feet. It's going to be 18 to 20 feet. Like I think the biggest size I saw on, on the buoy system was like, four feet like that's nothing and i mean there was a couple of waves that came through for sure i'm I'm sure they're they're gonna be big they're gonna be bigger and whatever but that's how i knew it wasn't gonna be crazy because they weren't calling for 20 foot waves everybody's like it's gonna be i was like these buoys are already in the water somewhere like they're already tracking it good good little palate cleanse for mildred avenue yeah right Clean out, clean out some of the homeless. Get some of the syringes flowing down the street. Absolutely, there's. I, I can send you video. I'm, I'm sure you know where the. Um, I know you, you're, you probably know where that storm drain is in, at the south, uh, the north end of Venice. Like you know where Navy is. There's that like big storm drain that would go out. Yeah. Um, I'll send you video of it just like overflowing with shit and garbage and rats. 
I saw, yeah, send that to me. I saw a good video of the LA River. So I used to run when I was like big into the marathon stuff. And I used to run down, right, like Marina Del Rey. I don't know if you know, it's like a big concrete. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, so, it, so it turns, so if you, if you go up like Playa. Yeah. The, the, the path then turns. Oh yeah, yeah, like the bike path. Yeah. And so yeah. like it, it goes along the LA river, you yeah. know, and I saw some lunatic runners like, Oh, I used to run there. And like, it was like overflowing and, uh, they kept running. Of course they did, you know, in their little runner shorts. Uh, but I was like, I was like, damn, like it can't even handle like, like you said, like a storm. It couldn't handle right. kind of a basic storm. Yeah. The LA river. It was just overflowing. It's just not a city that's not prepared to be wet at all, but it was very mild by, by somebody's, you know, the standards of somebody who's like been around an East coast hurricane. Like it was nothing. It is crazy to think that there hasn't been a tropical s storm. I think I saw in like 80, 84, 88 years or something. Yeah. Cause the water doesn't usually get warm enough. No. Yes. Yeah, nuts, man. The East Coast could have a wild hurricane season, too. I mean, we're talking about they're saying like the water is 100 degrees in Florida this year and shit like that. Like September, you know, end of August, September, October could be wild on the East Coast, too. Damn. <coughs> I couldn't do it like every year. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're, you're gearing up for that every year when you live in Florida. Now, hopefully it'll be long over by December. When we head to New Orleans. I was just about to talk about that. And we can drink some hurricanes instead of live through one. Yeah. Tickets available right now. If you go to comedy.house forward slash tickets. And as I said on last uh, episode, uh, they've got it sorted out. It's now broken into two different ticket links. Uh, there's a link for the thousandth dirty sports episode. And if you scroll down to the bottom of that, you can do a $30, basically two for one and a half uh, bundle price. You can get tickets to a stand-up show of your choice and the thousandth, the thousandth. I can't, it's like the one thing that I go full Ruther on. The 1,000th episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Or um, if you're just like the weirdest person of all time and you're just listening to to the dirty sports podcast but you don't want to see us live but you will be in new orleans and want to see me do the live stand-up there's a link for just my shows but basically i'm hoping that some fans of stand-up in general and some fans of my uh my stand-up comedy career will be clicking on that link but i'm hopeful that each and every person that's hearing this on our show that's thinking about making the trip to new orleans louisiana will be clicking on the podcast episode link and then clicking the bundle and coming to see a stand-up show. There were some um, negotiations before we started this podcast today. Kind of put Ruther uh, feet to the fire. And I said, are you hosting these shows or not? Because there's a lot of... Co comedians are like sharks. And when there's the spots are blood in the water. There's, there's, there's sharks circling. You know? Randy Ruther was like, hey, if Ruther's not hosting... I'm I'm in, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna try to get the original Andy Ruther to host today, to agree to host. 
before Randy Ruther slides in. I'll host. Let's go. Yeah, it's been been too long. So about three and a half years. But you know, like you said, it's hosting. It's not yeah. 15 new minutes of material. Now, do you think do you think at some point? So I was just on the road, obviously, in, in Colorado. Shout out to all the dirt balls that came in Denver. Shout out to the dirt balls that came in uh Boulder. Shout out to the dirt balls that came in uh Steamboat Springs. And I'm gonna say something that I've said on this podcast before. I'll say it again. If you're a dirt ball and you come to a show, say hello. The t- the the DM after, like, so great seeing you, bro. Like, we're we're the dirt ball fam. We're the fam. Say hello. The, it's 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 always weird to get. I just got a, a DM from a dirtball that came in Steve. He's like, great show, blah, blah blah. And I was like, who? Which one were you? I like talked to the whole crowd. Did I talk to you? And you didn't tell me you're a dirtball. Um, and then also shout out to to there was one dirtball that came in Steamboat Jackson, and he he was like, this is the one of the funniest things of all time. He goes, I called the bar beforehand and asked them if they served Miller Lite and they said no so I brought you this and he gave me a tall boy Miller Lite respect bro respect yeah, yeah. just pulled it out of his pocket um he's like it's, it's cool he's like I had it in a cooler in the car so you know drink it now before it gets warm I'm like yeah you got it um but uh what I was saying was you know uh I was on the road with Pete Sestaro and uh, he he has been doing shows to prep for when he does shows for me. Do you think you will do? Do you think you'll prepare at all, or will this be like fresh out the gate? It's like the Jordan return game against the Pacers. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I'm sure I'll write some things. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I mean that that'd be pretty ballsy just to come out and be like go cold. I- have been on stage in three and a half years. Let's let it rip. I love it. I mean, it's going to be great no matter what. Essentially. Uh, or or if I eat shit, that's fun to watch too, guys. Exactly. Like exactly. if you watch me just bomb, that'll be, that'll be epic. Basically the, you know, whenever you feel like it's going off the rails, you just pull the ripcord and be like, you're next comedian. But you know what? I, I also feel I don't feel I was actually thinking about this today. I don't feel pressure. If I ate shit and there's a good chance that could happen, whether it's there or somewhere else, I wouldn't feel I don't I don't think I'd feel like maybe in the past how I used to. I just feel like I've been through so much in the last few years since I performed, right? In the last three and a half years, and I'm just like, yeah, so I made jokes no one laughed at. They just stared yeah. at me. But also I think you mean you're you are certainly coming from a, a you know fertile ground to uh to go you know i mean i can see you right now so just had a baby anybody else here have a baby any babies in the house you know like you got we got dad jokes galore oh yeah oh you don't you don't even know it 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 it, yeah lots of dad jokes lots of deal with the craziness of kids i i i kind of try to do bits in front of the day you guys ever feed your six-month-old taco bell Talk about diarrhea. <laughs> I was, Poor little I, baby bodies aren't prepared to handle a crunch wrap supreme. I was trying to do a bit today. When I dropped her off, there was like eight kids at daycare, and they're all just looking at me, and I was like, this is basically a stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a prep audience. Babies. 
You know what goes good with Yoohoo? A little rum. Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. So are you guys. You know what Isla likes? I've learned she loves when I do I do rap stuff. Hell yeah. I remake it. And and it's so corny and it's so dad, but she smiles every time I say, Hey, I love baby, I got your bottle. Don't you <laughs> like I've taken an old dirty bastard song and she loves it. She also loves when I just do the little John. Okay. She loves it. Well, hip hop head. Yeah, man. I like that. We'll see. I mean, you got you gotta you gotta start up young, right? I mean, listen, guys, if you needed another reason to buy tickets, just like who knows how Ruther will do. <laughs> it's it's great. We got the game, we got New Orleans, Louisiana, we got the podcast. Who's gonna eat more shit? Me or Jameis Winston? I mean, you'll you're gonna get up there one way or the other. True. You know? It'd be very I'm glad you're I'm glad you've agreed to do it. It'd be weird if you were just like Jameis one of wanting, just like in the background while we do a stand-up show, holding your shoulder pads, just like watching. And then and then Ruther one of one was like Randy Ruther's up there bombing, but if you could just if, if the only reason he's on the show is because the club knows that Andy Ruther would be 60% better. Fucking, you're like, okay, whatever. He he blocked a dirt ball. This is actually really funny. This made me laugh. I think this is dirt ball Preston. Uh, I have to just read this real quick. Somebody tweeted, I will never not believe Jameis Winston is one of the 32 best QBs in the NFL. It, it, it's a screenshot of the New Orleans Chargers preseason game. And then uh, I don't know if this is related to that. Jameis one of one responded, I've never ripped cousins like that. I've actually defended him many times as he's quite underrated. Another shitty take by Jameis one of one. Though you'll love this. Though he's nowhere near the talent, Jameis Winston is, of course, and that's not a secret. If you want to appear to be an ignoramus, you did a great job. So Jameis is now saying he's better than Kirk Cousins, which isn't true. Uh, but I love dirt- that he uses words too. Like he's not the talent. Like what does that mean? Like he came out of college. Like he was a better. He was like a, you know, I, I, like it's not necessarily wrong. Like Jameis is like a more talented guy, but it's also just like talent doesn't get it done in the NFL. Like you need to know how to read defenses. You need how to like. You need to know how to fucking not throw it to the other team and not throw it to the other team. You need to know like you have to have an internal play clock. You got to be able to fucking get up off the ground when you get hit. Like, no one's saying, like, listen, Jamarcus Russell is more talented than fucking both of them. I mean, like, I, you watch Jamarcus Russell, like, I've never seen a guy throw the ball that hard, including t- till today. And he's just incompetent. That's why I call him Jamarcus Winston. So the Dirtball responded, this is great. Dirtball Preston responds, dude, your cards are never going to be valuable. Just accept it. He sucks. He's always sucked, but I know you know that. Keep up the facade, buddy. This is the best part. Jameis one-on-one instantly slid into his DMs. What's funny about Jameis one-on-one is he shows his hand and he he writes this. Cards, question mark? Are you drunk, question mark? What do cards have to do with anything? And it's that Brian Regan gif where he's like, yeah. 
which which it's like Jameis is so stupid. Jameis one on one, or should I call him by his real name? What's his real name again? I forget. Ethan. Ethan. Oh, Ethan. So Ethan's responding. It's like, dude, you're just tipping your hand. If, if, if this was a crazy made up thing, you just would ignore it. Cards? What are you talking about? Cards? Are you drunk? So we have that to look forward to this, this football season. God, you know how happy I'd be if it was Giants versus Jameis? I already watched them beat Jameis in New Orleans once before. I wonder who who have we had the debate, Jameis or Baker, who's out of the league quicker? That's still a good discussion. Yeah. I think Baker's going to be the starter, though, for Tampa. Wow. Which is a fucking mess. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought yeah. that was the last update I, I mean, saw. The, the, it looks like that it, it's got potential. But, I mean, the thing is, is like that was what we were talking about with Jameis before, remember? Because it was like he just – if you just – you could just ride the bench as a backup. He's the new Mike Lennon. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, it, the, I'd, I'd argue if we did underrated, overrated, the, the stable backup quarterback is one of the most underrated positions. In terms of like under like the jobs you would love to have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. The guy who doesn't get to play at all is way better than the guy who has to play. And then it seems like, well, that's not the guy we want as our backup. But the guy who never has to go in the game. Oh, it's the best. best the game. Hoyers, the fucking what's the dude? What's the dude from uh from Mizzou? Blink Gabbert. No, yeah, but he's he's up there too. Um, who's the dude from Mizzou who backed up? Who's in in Kansas City and who was in uh, New Orleans? Oh God! Well, Gabber went to Chase Mizzou. Daniels. Oh, Chase Daniels. Yeah, was he Mizzou too? I think so. Wasn't he? He's Kansas. I don't know. He could have been one of them. That's a nice little gig, man. Especially if you're getting like. Three million or up, you just do that for ten years, man, and your brain's intact, right? Like you're. I didn't realize your boy, the Red Rocket, was on Carolina until the the Jets Hard Knocks Hard Knocks episode, the Jets Panthers Hard Knocks. Dude, yeah, I mean the Andy Dalton, and he, and on top of that, Andy Dalton got a big contract with the Bengals. Yeah. So he's getting that backup money. And Jameis one of one is basically the guy who he's the same person who is whoever was working at ESPN who like made the the uh Andy Dalton Peyton Manning graphic. Remember that graphic? <laughs> through five a... year, through five years in the league. Oh, that was a great graphic. Like just the zero context. 20 years apart, totally different leagues. One guy joining a fucking, you know, borderline playoff team. The other guy joining the worst franchise in football at the time. One guy having to throw his team into like some sort of contention. The other guy just being like, hey. Guess guess who made that graphic? I, I already have it pulled up. You're going you're gonna to die when you see this. No fucking idea. Sunday night football. Yeah. 
NFL quarterback comparison. First three years. <laughs> it's amazing. I love they go with wins to start. First three years of their career, Andy Dalton versus Peyton Manning. They both have 48 starts. Dalton beats them in wins. Passes, they're very similar. Dalton has five less touchdown passes, less interceptions. A higher quarterback rating. And they both had never won a postseason game. So funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. Andy Dalton joins a team. It's a it's a playoff team in its first year because he was drafted in the fucking second round. Correct. Peyton Manning makes the playoffs two of his first three years after being the f- number one overall pick. And this was posted. August no, tw- no, no. Um, they did not do completion percentage. They did not do, you know, August 24th, 2014. Yeah. And, and since then, I could be wrong on this. I know he's never started and won a playoff game. I don't think Andy Dalton has any playoff wins. Right. Like any. That was that was nine years ago. I can't believe that the uh that Andy Dalton's Hall of Fame career did not keep going. Dalton one of one. Yeah, that really is the same thing. Of course it's the same thing. It, yeah, judging players in their first couple of years out of the gate across completely different eras, not having no context of what team they were drafted on. Yeah, I know it's nuts, man, but people do that all the time. It's the James Winston wrote a whole book. James wanted one wrote a whole book about it. I mean, I, I saw somebody on, uh, I saw somebody on McAfee's show doing the Kirk Cousins versus Joe Burrow playoffs. I guess their numbers are pretty similar. But I'm like, guys, like, sure, sure, their number, and and then the argument is that Cousins has always had a terrible defense. There is a thing about getting your. I know you used to knock Brady for this, but I do, I do believe there's a thing about, and Barry McCockner does it too. I do believe there is a thing about a leader getting the whole team to play better. Like, I think that's real. Well, Don't, listen, there's there's a lot there's a lot of th- like. Forget leadership. I don't think Tom Brady was inspiring the defense to play better. But well, yeah, what but I would say, what I would but, say though, is that that can manifest itself in a lot of different yeah. ways. Yeah. When you're a defense and you trust that the offense, like you look at what's going on in the Jets' hard knocks and the way like Salah like fucking threw the offensive line under the bus and whatever. It's like there was never a time where Tom Brady's defense was like, wow, they they fucking Brady and the offense can't fucking stay on the field. What the fuck is happening? Like, you're having, you having trust. You're having, like, sustained drives. Like, people talk about, you know, we talk about the Jameis one-of-one thing. How about, like, the just, oh, the, the 30 interceptions. It's like, dude, you're just putting the defense on the field the whole time. Yeah. The whole fucking time. The amount of Kirk Cousins, like, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you at some point in his career, Kirk Cousins defensive end, like, come the fuck on, bro. Sure. Not to but- mention, obviously, the when you factor in the contract situations, probably more so than anything affect your team chemistry. Guys don't like it. Look at the Legion of Boom. Guys don't like it when they look across 
to the offense and some guys getting paid more than fucking two or three of you guys combined and you feel like you're doing the fucking heavy lifting and this guy's just getting all the fucking glory. Yeah. No, that's I don't think fair. anybody on the Patriots ever felt like we're not, you know, I feel like we're paying Tom Brady too much. Well, yeah. And, and that's kind of my point as, as far as inspiring is if your defense, oh, that's all I'm saying. If your defense trusts your offense enough, that's a, that's a real thing for how you or play. just trust your quarterback to the point where it's like, no one on this defense knows more or what's better or whatever for this team. Like, honestly, I would say that that's kind of what went wrong at the end of the Eli Manning era in New York is post Tom Coughlin. A bunch of people came in and were like, mom, offense and Eli and blah, blah, blah. Maybe we should be starting fucking Geno Smith. Like the reason that the Giants won two Super Bowls when Tom Coughlin was there, everybody trusted Tom Coughlin. Everybody trusted Eli Manning to the point where like the guys who didn't, the Tiki Barbers and the whatever, get the fuck out, bro. But then all of a sudden you got Ben McAdoo who's like, oh, maybe the offense is the problem. And it's like, yeah. So now we had went, now we went through the fucking coaching carousel because no one knew that they had a fucking Hall of Famer running the offense. Which, by the way, speaking of, if anybody knows a custom jersey company, trying to get me a Eli Manning high school jersey for our live podcast and shows. On it, on it, Isidore <laughs> Newman, fourteen, Eli Manning jersey. Wow, you're in luck. Justin knows a Chinese woman. Yeah, I know, but the the, the thing Shanghai. is, they they have they have Peyton Manning ones out there, and they have Archie Manning ones out there, but they don't have Eli. I need a number fourteen, Isidore Newman high school jersey. That's where he went to high school. You know his high school. Yeah, because Peyton went there, Archie went there. Odell went there. It's very famous uh, New Orleans private. We're missing it by year. The last time I was there, I tried to go see Archie play, but it was Friday night lights and a Friday night show. I should play the call I couldn't get to last episode. Yeah, let's do it. We have it's it was a hard knocks call, right? Yeah, it was about Robert Sala. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Greg from Salt Lake City. Uh, just watched the new uh, Hard Knocks episode, and uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. But uh, Robert Sala is doing some, like, fucking, oh, my God. He, he's doing some fucking J.J. Watt, like, theatrics bullshit right now. Like, you can tell he's just doing over the top. And it's, like, I didn't, like, I don't know. I, I didn't care for it much the first episode, but now it's, like, starting to fucking piss me off. <laughs> and he, like, said fuck, like, eight times in a 45-second span. And uh, it's honestly pretty annoying, but I guess uh, I was wondering, like, why like why do you guys think, like, people on the show, like, coaches or players, feel the need to just act like completely different people? Like, I know you, you might see it just for attention reasons, and that might be it, but, like, I don't know. Is there anything else or are they just, is it just for attention or do they just only care about themselves? I don't know. Pretty dumb question, but just had our fantasy draft and I'm a little drunk right now, but uh, yeah, condoms are for the Hawkeyes. So like, I know the rant he's talking about, he drops a lot of F bombs, but 
I, I disagree with this call. I, I don't think that, I don't know if you remember, Mike McCarthy dropped a bunch of F-bombs and we used to laugh about it because it sounded just so out of place. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I, I don't, with Robert Saw, I don't think it's out of place. Like. No, I don't, I don't think it's out of place either. I think that's just the way he talks. I mean, you see, uh, there, there is a guy on the Jets staff, the guy who wears the backwards hat and the fucking beard where he feels like he's forcing it a little bit. I just think these younger coaches they're that's just kind of how they talk. I don't know. I like Salah for what I see on hard knocks. I, I, I agree. I, I've, I like Salah before hard knocks. Yeah. It, I mean, I get it. There are moments that are kind of like cringy a little bit with all these guys. I think that a, a part of that too, when, when you look at the McCarthy's and when you look at the, like, who was the guy from, uh, who was, who was Tivas? Mike Smith. Yeah. Like you look at those guys, it's just like the, the nonstop cringy. But I, I think sometimes these guys come off as cringy because they're, they're, they know they're on camera. They're not used to like doing sure. this for the cameras. I, I'm, I'm remarkably, smiling. remarkably, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come off as cringy at all. Yeah, and the Rodgers have been great. I'm laughing, and now I'm thinking about Jeff Fisher. Remember him? Yeah, like cutting people in board shorts. Yeah, with a surfboard in the background. Yeah. Hey man, uh, like a Corona promotional surfboard. <laughs> He's like, uh, I, I don't think you're gonna make the team this year, man. Sorry, but uh, I'm about to go hit the waves, so. Need you out of my office. No, I think Sal is great. I like. Here's the thing: a lot of these guys they get hired because they were known for one side of the ball, and they can't transform it. He was the defensive coordinator on the Niners. Players loved him. Known for a badass defense, goes to the Jets, does the exact same thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like a lot of these guys can't replicate what they are as coordinators on their new team. And he has. And look, you've watched two episodes. That's why I was like, I'm feeling the Jets a little more. I just, because come playoff time, if they're there, you still have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. I get it. They're still the Jets. But that's kind of my thing personally. I don't know. It, it, it It's been a good episode. I'm sorry, a good season. Yeah. It's it listen, the Jets like I I think the Jets are without a doubt at least the second best team in that division behind the Bills. Like I think they're better than the Patriots. I think they're better than the Dolphins. No, it's and, and I don't put too much into this stuff, but I it's funny you said I saw I saw the ESPN power rankings and I just don't get it, man. Dude, they have the the Bills five, the Dolphins six. They they have they have the Jets all the way down at 13. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like whoever's writing that for ESPN is saying we don't have much faith in the Jets. 13. The Dolphins at six. Like when it comes down to it, you look at the coach and you look at the quarterback, right? 
Like you start there. What I, what, the big three, coach, quarterback, defense, in some order, right? Correct. I'd argue the Jets have the edge on all three. Now, I'd say McDonald and Sal are pretty close. They just both started. McDaniel. McDaniels. What do I call him? McDonald. Maybe because I think he's a clown at times. Ronald McDonald, motherfucker. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's going to be a fun division to watch. I, I yeah. think I, I think a lot of these divisions are going to be more fun than people are. Like, I think the AFC North is going to be fun. I know the AFC West should be fun. I think I think there's a lot of these divisions in the AFC that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, we have a fair amount of calls regarding the NFL. I might as well just get to some of these. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. We have a call from a Broncos fan, speaking of the AFC West. Hey, what's going on, Dirty Sports? This is a question for Prano. Prano, I, unfortunately, am a Denver Broncos fan. I've been a Denver Broncos fan my whole life, even though I've lived in Michigan my whole life as well. I don't know how it happened, but I've been a Denver Broncos fan since the time I could remember. I stuck with them through their Jake Plummer years, through their Jake Cutler years, through their Tebow year or two, and even was able to see them win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and am, unfortunately, still a Denver Broncos fan today. And the reason I'm calling is because I'm not really sure what to do with this this hate in my heart that I experience every single time I even hear the name Russell Wilson. I was in a lid store a couple of days ago, and there was a bunch of jerseys up on the wall that you could purchase, and I saw a Denver Broncos Russell Wilson jersey, and just the tightening that I felt in my chest and the, the slow burn of hatred that I felt in my heart, just I, I'm not sure what to do at this point. So... I figured I'd talk to somebody who has went through a similar experience, particularly with Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks. Is there like a 10-step process that I can do? Is there there's a support group or a therapy class that I could take? I'm not sure what to do to deal with this. So any sort of insight that you could give me would be most helpful. Thank you very much, and have a good day, guys. I wish I had great advice. But the truth is, in this situation, as you mentioned, I've experienced with Carmelo Anthony. A lot of people will be like, it's a win-win. When no, This is a lose-lose situation. Either you guys lose, your team loses all the time, and you fucking stink. Or sometimes they overachieve, and they, they win, but they really lose because then it just extends the whole thing out further. Great example of that is the 52-win you know, Nick season where everybody's like, Carmelo should get MVP votes and blah, blah, blah. And they're the two seed in the East. And then, you know, they obviously go ahead and they lose to the Pacers because they're not good. Like truly the best thing. And, and it sucks as a fan of a team because it's hard to root against your team. It was, it was hard for me to root against the Knicks when Carmelo was on the team. Cause like you want the Knicks to play well, but the truth is when Carmelo came in, I was like, okay, like maybe I'm wrong about Carmelo, you know, um, 
but it's hard to say that right now if you're a Russell Wilson fan. But then obviously as Carmelo, you know, underachieved, was highly overrated, ran a coach out of town that I thought was, you know, had turned around the franchise, all those things, it became so much easier to the point where it was just like, I, I'm I'm rooting against my own team. Um, and I think that it's difficult to root against your own team, but in the long run, it will pay off in two different forms. One, you'll never have to be a fucking Cheddar Dick fan that throws your support behind a guy that you don't like and you don't believe in. So you'll always have that as opposed to like the other fans. Like so many fans do that. So many fans are just die hard fans. And they're like, I mean, you can even see it in the, in the dirty sports comments the uh, that we put up under melt like i was just like what did you guys love about the, the carmelo anthony era? there are people who still defend him and you're like what did you like did you like those 17 win season did you like the losing to the pacers did you like the coach of the year getting fucking run out of town did you like the end of insanity did you like being a fucking you know lottery team like what did you like did you like 62 points against the fucking bobcats in a random january game like what did you like and i think that that's the thing is like you, it, it sucks, but in the long run, the Broncos are probably better off truly in the long run. They're probably better off if they fucking stink this year and they move on from Russell Wilson and you, you get, you get better faster that way. So look, obviously we all know my opinion, but again, it was one year last year, guys, like, like, we have to let this Russ thing play out. Obviously, he has an offensive-minded coach now. So if it doesn't work this year, yeah, then you got to. But move now, on. what does work this year look like? If he goes back to some semblance of himself, as far as accuracy, touchdowns, all those things from his has to have more days. touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. Is that where we're going? Is that the yes. bar? Yes. Great, great tweets, by the way. So it's like, th that's all I'm saying. A and to him, to our caller, if they win, you're not going to care, man. Like you won't. If, if, if the Broncos win a lot. But let me ask you a question, because this is the ultimate, you know, from, from a football fan base. You're in a division with the Chiefs. You're in a division with the Chargers. They have better quarterbacks than you. No doubt about it. Sure. If the if the Broncos are a borderline playoff team, they just miss it or they just get in and they lose in the first round. Are you like, okay, you're one Sean Payton turned around Russell Wilson. Or are you like, man, this is our peak and this isn't like, who cares? Here's my thing with Russ. We don't have much to compare it to. That's why I think it makes it difficult for my guy who loves talking quarterbacks. You know, like I don't, I don't know who to compare this to in history. Somebody who has 10 years goes to two Super Bowls, wins one on his defense has a great statistical 10 years. Year 11 literally falls off. Like he forgot how to throw. I mean, he was absolutely terrible last year. I don't I don't know who to compare that to. That's why I'm like, I don't know what to make in a weird way of him 
now and also his whole career because last year was just absolutely terrible. You know, so I don't know. I mean, we I think we both agreed if they win a playoff game, then that's a, a successful year for them. For sure. In a division where you're the third team out of the gate. Like if for you sure. finish second and you get in the playoffs and you win a playoff game and Russ puts up numbers that he used to put up. Sure. Okay. We're building something. You still have a pretty short window, right? Like how short, how long is the window in the Russell Wilson thing at anyway? He's not playing at, he's not playing at a high level last year, let alone like we're not talking about five more years, right? No, I wouldn't think so. Like, that's a storyline that I'm really curious to see play out. You know, we talk about all these divisions. If they sneak in the playoffs, let's say they finish third. Let's say the AFC West gets three teams in. They finish third. They sneak in the playoffs. They're the last team in. They get bet, They get fucking slaughtered by the two seed. Are you like, burn this fucking thing to the ground? I don't know. I mean, you know, they, they, like I said, you would have to ask. You say they get slaughtered. It depends on how that game goes. Does their defense give up a shit ton of points? Is their offense inept? It, you know, how how is that game playing out? In a weird way, I, I so I don't. I, let me rephrase this. I don't know if there's more or less pressure on Russell Wilson this year. More, way more. You think way more? Yeah, because because I think he was so bad last year. It's like people have already written him off. Yeah, but now it's, this is the pre- the pressure is like, is this the end of your career? We got you the offensive coach to revive Russell Wilson. Blah 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 blah. If, you, if it doesn't work with Sean Payton, they could be he could be out of the NFL, moving again. You know, going to some other team. He could be whatever. Like I said last year. And everybody, I put it in the comments. I was arguing with the fucking Broncos fans on there. I said, if I was the Broncos, I would steal the Seahawks model. You're a team with a good defense. Load up on defense. Run the ball. Do what worked for Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson was winning games. They have gone the opposite way. And I think because they went the opposite way, it's absolutely more pressure because now they're like, small quarterback. He had Drew Brees. Best offenses in the fucking NFL. This is the save Russell Wilson campaign. So look, if you look at their first four games, I mean, these are winnable games. You have a home game against the Raiders, a home game against Washington, at the Dolphins, and at the Bears, which I think all should be winnable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Miami will be tough. Chicago's tough at home. But my point is, like, I think we're gonna know after four weeks. Now, what's what's their schedule look like after that? It's a lot tougher after that. At, or I'm sorry, at home against the Jets, at Kansas City, 
home against Green Bay. Kansas City again. Kansas City two out of three weeks at Buffalo. So, so you can go you, from like four and zero to four and five. <laughs> I mean, you could, or like two and two to suddenly, you know, you got three wins nine weeks into the season. My point is, you'll know, and you don't always know with teams, you'll know by week eight or nine. Oh, yeah, for sure. With them. Some teams are tougher to figure out. You're going to know. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, like I said, this is one of the huge storylines that, as a football fan, I'll be watching. Because because here's the thing. If he sucks again, I'll be here for the memes because the memes were really funny last year. Like everybody if he comes sucks again. I'm making you get an L chain neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm you get the L chain with the, <laughs> with the chain tattooed like on your chest. <laughs> but again, we've never seen anything like this. Like, We've never seen a guy have 10 years and then just fall off in my in my recollection, unless there's somebody I'm missing. You're just like, how this guy sucks so badly. Like he forgot how to pass a football last year. It was bad. If so, I'm uh, to, to go back to our call, just wrap up. If I'm you, dude, I hate to say it, but you root against your team. You root for it to be over quicker. And by the way, I'm also going to take offense to the beginning of your call. You said you made it through the Jake Plummer years. The Jake Plummer, this the, you, the Jake Plummer years were some of the great years. The the if the Broncos are known for one thing, it's jumping on quarterbacks that were fucking overrated. Y'all never should have taken Jay Cutler. It should have continued to be the Jake Plummer years. Jay Cutler's the original fucking overrated douche. Do they want to play our game with Jake Plummer? I think so. Yeah. I think so. You know, he won one in Arizona. I literally put him Jake Plummer in the first. Literally, the second thing that comes up is Jake Plummer mushrooms. Jake Plummer mushrooms. Jake Plummer handball. Yeah, they, he he won one with Denver, one with Arizona. Jake the Snake. I loved Jake Plummer. I think Jake Plummer was one of the most underrated guys back in the day. He didn't play that long. Played ten no. years. Yeah. So we have a call about preseason. I think we had asked the dirt balls about that, or at least we had discussed like people go into preseason games, you know, cause it's like, just not my thing. So we have a response to that NFL preseason games from B Indigo classic B Indigo, man, I'm calling about the NFL preseason. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> B, B Indigo, but, uh, I was talking about how, like, whoever goes to uh, preseason games is an idiot or whatever he was talking about. And, like, he was saying, like, who has season tickets? And he goes, uh, I 
have season tickets to the Bengals, I didn't go. But I do know that people take their kids to the preseason because it's, uh, it's like less, more calm for the kids, you know, shit like that, especially for people that can't afford it, you know, like regular season games. I'm not saying that's the majority, but I know that's why, like, some of the people go. I didn't go because I don't really care, but that's why a lot of the people went. And uh, what was I about to say? Yeah, can y'all, uh, y'all always uh, shitting on Ohio, like, last episode was, like, the last, like, the first time y'all ain't shit on Ohio in, like, three weeks, but damn, bro, like, you know, we, we fans, too, like, what we do? All right. First of all, I want to clarify. Joe shits on Ohio. I live yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm from here. I don't shit on Ohio. I can make jokes about it, but I don't shit on Ohio. I make jokes about everything. Also, where you live is not who you are. So it's like you could be a fan of the podcast. I like you. You know. Also, didn't he move to LA for a minute? Like he tried to get out of Ohio, tried to escape its clutches. I don't think he moved there. He was just here for a bit. He came out a couple times. Look, man, that there's there now now Prano, Listen, guys, let's look Ohio, at Prano is living, a coastal living, elite. Prano, just in it. You are a coastal elite. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem with that. But you know what? <laughs> you know what the difference between you know what the difference between me and most coastal elites are? I've I've been in the muck. I've seen it. I've seen the majority of this country. I'm an elite. I have a good reason to be a coastal elite. Also, this is this is going to tackle both of this portions of this call in one thing. Listen, people live in Ohio. The same reason people go to preseason games. It's easier. It's not better. It's just easier. You know, it qu- quality of life. Parking is cheaper. You know, it's not the fans aren't as rowdy. He makes a good you get point in there. and get out. He does make a good point. I never thought about like people who don't want to take their kids to the regular season because NFL fans are obnoxious. But not only that, like you value those games. You're like, oh, I'm not taking my kid to the you know, Bengals Steelers. I want to be there drunk myself. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Don't worry, B. I see you. Hey, 513 Pride right here. O-H-I-O. Here's my thing on states. I just want to say this because we talk about this a lot. I think people have too much pride in where they're from. I'm talking across the board. I think oh, we listen. I just ripped. I love Colorado, but I ripped Colorado fucking you asshole while I was there. Every time I'm on stage, we get it, guys. Your fucking state flag. Like, chill the fuck out. Our state flag, sick though. Maybe I've never seen another state flag, so I can't compare. Shut up. The amount of people wear Ohio State flags, like it's, like, bro, you're just repping your state all day. This is your go-to. Your what is the what flag. is the Colorado flag? It's a fucking C with like a sun, like a yellow sun in the middle, dude. You've seen it a million times. Dude, literally, you walk down the street, everybody's got a Colorado fucking T-shirt. You're just repping your state, just oh, state yeah. embleming. We get it, guys. You live in Colorado, relax. But my point is, people do that. People are so prideful on their states, um, which I like, you know, whatever. 
like even I mean, I live with somebody from Kentucky. Even that is like I'm always taking digs, but it's like there's a pro, there's a Kentucky pride with her and her family. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I have the like like I, I'm cool with Ohio. I'm not I'm not anti-Ohio. I live here. I was born here, but like this vested pride that people have. Also, I love it when states, I mean, obviously most states are pretty like kind of self-contained, but it's like, dude, me and a guy from Fresno, we are not the same. (laughs) We're not the fucking same people. Dude, if you live in Fresno, I don't fucking know. Yeah. You like the smell of fucking cow shit? Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing over out there. I mean, taking some digs, it twerks right now. Twerks, well, twerks, twerks got out, dude. Twerks escaped. Twerks lived in the fucking Palisades. Twerks lives in Camarillo. Twerks, I think, moving to Long Beach. Twerks isn't like, yeah, I'm going to make that Fresno life. You know who has the most pride where they're from, especially their area code rappers. Oh, yeah. In like the 90s and 2000s, too. Right? Like, do you remember rap songs? They would just give shout outs to everything. Yeah. Just like every area code, every state, every city. You're like, dude, are you representing all these places? You remember Reggie Bush with the 619 fucking eye blacks? Yeah. Represent San Diego, man. That's right. Give him his Heisman, by the way. Sure. That's an injustice nobody talks about enough. <laughs> That's an injustice. Hello, X-World. OJ here. <laughs> it's not like he murdered anybody. I mean, he took away Reggie Bush's Heisman. I think, I think Manziel was tweeting about that after his documentary came out. How, like, they didn't take his away. I mean, just give the guys Heisman back. Although I did see some funny, some funny old Wendy's Wendy's tweets about it. That Wendy's Twitter is man, that thing is lit, son. Wendy's tweets about what the Manzel doc or about the Reggie Bush, Bush from back in the day? I, no, just one from like in the last year. Like it was a funny one. I was scrolling through. Uh, it, it was some funny because you know he does Wendy's commercials, so he's like a spokesperson. But they were. They were making light of the situation. I, I just don't understand it. He's the only one who just lost his Heisman. I mean, what do you mean he just lost it? There's billboards up around LA. Give give Reggie his Heisman. Oh, for real? Yeah. I wonder who's sponsoring that. I think Matt Liner. <laughs> I think Matt you, Liner's like fucking are you, real estate company or some shit. Are you fucking around or no? No, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I but he's he's been on it too. He's been on the campaign. Liner's hard on the campaign. Liner's hard on the campaign, harder than he's ever been on anything. I don't think I still don't think he's wearing like clothes to shoes while he does it. But <laughs> he's like, oh, we're gonna get Reggie's eyes back, dog. Dude, how sick were those squads, though, man? Yeah, I remember in college watching. Watching those squads lead all the guys on all the fucking on both sides of the ball. It's so many fucking pros come out of there. Did you forget too? Like I like I was watching some the other day, and I just you forget like Lendell, like Lendell White. Like I mean, he was like kind of a flash in the pan in the NFL, but you're like, dude, he was just like the number two guy. 
who was a first round pick, I believe. There was there, you know, what's hilarious is like I know that there was like a young like version of Andy Ruther back then who was just like, it's fucking liner who makes it all go. And they're like, maybe it's Pete Carroll and the good defenses and the running back. Like, no, he's a fucking he's going to the Hall of Fame. No, no, fucking and liner goes fucking blows out of that. No, I'm not saying you were doing it. I'm saying like there was some guy, there was some guy out there who was like, fucking liner it's the man and then he went to the nfl it wasn't with pete carroll and the great defense and the great running back anymore and he sucked in arizona They're like what the fuck is happening i was this is unprecedented yeah i was like huge reggie bush guy so you think you you're calling russell wilson matt liner no i'm just saying you know you are yeah that's exactly what i'm saying Leonard played six years. You're like, what? It is what it is. He has a fucking Heisman Trophy. Yeah, but again, to defend my boy Ross, 10 years, man. 10 years. Well, if Matt Leonard could have played fucking 10 years at USC, broken every record <laughs> in the history of fucking college football. I think he would have even been a higher pick had he come out earlier. Oh, that's yeah. what I that's what I never understand on these guys. Like Matt Barkley would have been a top five pick had he came out. He stayed and then he falls. Yeah. Like it's crazy to think about that. Right? Like when you decide to go out, what the other quarterback situation is like, all those factors are, are pretty nuts to think about. So we're going to New Orleans December 16th, 17th, 18th. Yes. We've talked about the game, right? The Saints-Giants game. I talked about the rankings. Joe, it just continues against the Superdome. So the athletic, which I value way more than USA Today for the win, ironically, the athletic just released today their NFL stadium rankings from best to worst. Once again, man. The suit, the Caesar Superdome gets twenty six out of thirty two. But now you got to tell me the 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 ones below them. Twenty seventh is the Bengals. Twenty eighth is the Dolphins, and, and they recently redid it. Twenty ninth Jags. I'm sorry, there's only thirty stadiums because some right. of them play. Thirtieth is FedEx Field, the Commanders. Well, let me just tell you this. It is interesting though. That, let me just like, tell you this. Let me just let me just do the base totally. I've been to fucking. I mean, I'm a Met, I'm, I'm I'm a Giants fan. I, how many times have I been accused on this thing of Giants homer? Oh, you suck, Daniel Jones, Dick, Eli Manning, Dable, Saquon, Parker, The Superdome is better than MetLife. It's not they have that close. They have that one ahead of. It's Superdome. not fucking close. It's better than Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. It's not fucking close. It is not close. Now, you could talk about, we've been to the Jerry Dome, we've been to SoFi. You could talk about how those are more modern. It's not better to watch a game at them. See, exactly. And and that's the thing. This has SoFi number two, Cowboy Stadium number four. And, and And so, and the problem with these rankings is like, so if Lambeau and Soldier Field are above it, because they're old, but they have like fucking some soul or whatever. Yeah. Then you're obviously taking that into account. 
No, I agree for sure. It feels like people who haven't been. That's what it feels like. I've been to the Jets and the Giants stadium. I've been to the Cowboys stadium. I've been to the Eagles stadium. I've been to where the Chargers and the Rams play. I've been to where Cincinnati plays. I'm trying to think of other stadiums I've been to. I've been to fucking uh, Levi Stadium. It's better than Levi Stadium. It's fucking better. So we've called about the thousandth episode since we're talking New Orleans. CT has put out the dirtball bat signal. from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan calling in. Just wanted to give a shout-out, number one, to Julio Rodriguez. He's tearing it up right now, best baseball player on the planet. Thank you, uh, Julio, for saving the Mariners' season so far. Secondly, this is a call-out to Dirtballs. Guys, I bought my flights to New Orleans. Thousands episode. Let's go. Hit me up. Let's coordinate some uh, activities. Use that Reddit thread Prano talked about in the show. I'm um, currently looking at some lodging options. So if anyone has any desire to get like a joint kind of thing let me know otherwise i did find i know an airbnb reasonable price in downtown but kind of small so hit me up let us let's uh plan some stuff dirt balls come to new orleans it's an awesome city i've been there before great food great drinks great fun great podcast cc out strong strong call like a dirtball airbnb a dirtball bnb You know who texted me who's trying to go too? The Nacho Helmet King. Oh, yes. <laughs> Majid. <laughs> I love the grave to have Majid there. I said, you better eat a giant Saints Nacho Helmet then. Yeah. Probably have uh, some, 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 some gumbo, some jambalaya. Yeah, I was going to say, like a jambalaya helmet. You guys should should really come on down. If you can make it happen, come on down. I've, I've seen some dirtball stuff about bringing significant others, too. Yeah. Bring your significant other. I might bring my significant other. So we talked about it. Would we get, like, an Airbnb, a bigger? I mean, this talk, shout out to John Smith, who sent us a great spot. Looked that pretty place good. Looked, that place looked great. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're thinking. I, I'm, I'm – in the process of figuring out like i'm definitely going to stay an extra couple days on one end or the other it's like do i stay early into the next week do i do i come do i start the week early um so i'm figuring that out but i mean i i absolutely i, I absolutely think where there's going to be some sort of dirty sports home base will the gators be out in december will they be out uh, i don't know what, what do gators do in the winter? I think they do like some sort of hibernation, right? Where they just kind of sleep on the bottom. I think they might, but I don't know. Or they like burrow somewhere. Yeah. You don't watch Gator Week, just Shark Week? I used to watch Swamp People. You there ever you seen that show? No, I have. I've seen like moments of it, but never, Bro, never a full one. That was that was a jam back in the day. You just follow these hillbillies around. 
you know, because they, they have to control. They, there's so many gators down there, and they have to. Uh, I've seen one of them like hunting anacondas because the anacondas are like eating the fucking anacondas. What now? Yeah, so yeah. pythons are a problem in Florida. Maybe they've they've moved too now to the Everglades, like in yeah. uh, or out to the swamps in Louisiana. The Burmese pythons. Have you seen this? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a major problem. Because it just destructs the, uh, the ecosystem. The yeah, the ecosystem and the natural habitat. But yeah, so like the swamp people thing, you get like 80 tags for the hunting season. I still think alligators are so fucking fascinating. Yeah, they, they are fascinating. <laughs> because they've been around so long, right? Yeah. yeah, they're dinosaurs. And I know I always bring it up, but for some reason it makes me laugh every time like the first like Europeans came here and they got in the water for a swim. He's like, cheerio, I'm going to go for a swim. And then, what the fuck? And then this thing just eats him. Because, like, gators. Well, it's funny. It's probably, like, the Spanish coming through down there, too. Yeah, it was the Spanish. Like, who was that? Like, Cortez and some of the explorers and shit? But gators are, that's like a neat, like, are there alligators outside of America? There's crocodiles and right, there's, there's caimans. Yeah. But I, I think gator is an American thing. Oh, this is where we need Coach Ed O. Come down. We'll give a little gator pep talk. This is our this is our annual Pranel Pranel lost his mic. Do we just need a new do we just need a new connection here for you? Do we need I stupidly fucking hit like I, you, I just can't touch this fucking thing. Okay, this is where YouTube's good. So I'm, we I'm, have. I'm Mister Fucking. They have nests that, that they are. Okay, hibernated. Ronnie Kennedy. Congrats, Ronnie! You're our official gator expert. Yeah. So we've gotten a few comments on YouTube about this. Pull it you, up. You asked me before the show had I started watching Winning Time. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like they might possibly cancel it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what's crazy is they, I have not got like, I didn't even hear it was happening again. Like it just all of a sudden was like popped into my fucking HBO. I only knew it was like back on, I think, cause I saw like Jeff Perlman tweeting about it. Former guest of the show, Jeff Perlman. Um, well, he tweeted, he tweeted last week. I'm telling you the future of winning time hangs in the balance. We need viewers. The strikes are crippling. Please spread the word for season two. HBO is big on numbers. But what what I'm saying is like, I don't know if it has anything to do with the strike or whatever, but like, I feel like HBO did a terrible job of letting me know that this shit was. They didn't promote it at all. I agree. They didn't promote it. I didn't know. I didn't. I should have didn't know. Yeah. My girlfriend told me because she likes it. So we started watching it. So the fucking dude, first of all, the dude plays Jerry West, Steen's scene stealer. And and just fucking uh Adrian Brody is Riley. Just get gets better and better. Yeah. So there's only been two episodes. I watched the first one. Magic must just hate this show, man. Yeah. I wonder if he watches it. 
They're like, I mean, the winning time is just basically like if you're Magic Johnson, just like, hey, welcome back to another episode of Winning Time. Just a reminder Magic Johnson's an egomaniac who got HIV. It was I mean, terrible to women. I mean, he fucks everybody. Yeah. Which I'm sure he did. We need this to go to, like, we can't let winning time get canceled. We need it to go to, like, season six when he fucks Arsenio Hall. So, so we can. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I think it's going to be canceled. Nobody knew about it. <laughs> Dude. It's going to be canceled, which sucks because yeah. it's almost weird. You're like, oh, you're just canceling it in, into this portion of the Lakers season. I didn't know he, he hurt himself the second year. Yeah. I mean, he and, is, and they're really up and I don't know. You said you're two episodes in episode three. They really go heavy on the Larry Bird storyline. Well, they do. Yeah. I think I'm two episodes in. I don't know. We started watching the the Kanye Kim K HBO divorce thing. Okay, it's like a two part. They do one from Kanye's perspective, one part from her. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, and it's HBO, so I think they do. You know, they do they do good documentaries, but like, it's interesting how people paint his perspective and then how they paint her perspective. And it's also like it, it had me going back in time myself, like when they first started dating in 2012, how much bigger he really was than her. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some great YouTube or uh, Instagram and, and TikTok videos about basically how he he like single handedly like turned their family from like. Like reality TV trash to like fashion forward influencers. Well, that's what it kind of talks about, like the level, and and I believe that personally, like the level that he elevated the entire Kardashian Jenner brand, because he was that big and he was already in the fashion world and he already had all the accolades, music wise, and then the fashion. It is crazy, but then like you start remembering. Like all the nut shit he did. Oh yeah. Like I didn't know they got in a fight. I didn't know about the whole thing in, in Wyoming where paparazzi had him outside the Wendy's. Yeah. You know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's like crying and they just and I was like, dude, Wendy's must have I don't remember. I didn't guess I didn't fall. I was like, Wendy's must have loved this. Talk about where was Wendy's Twitter that day? <laughs> talk about talk about some good press, but uh Dude, they got they got great documentaries, man. They really do. I just watched a good good. I know you're gonna laugh. I watched a good one on HBO about the. Uh, I think it's called like After First Bite after a shark a fatal great white shark mm. attack in uh, Martha's Vineyard, and just how it's affected everything and why they think way more great whites are coming down there and based on the seal population. And I will on- not be watching that. No, thank you. But it's but yeah, you you won't as a, but it's interesting because they 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 talk to surfers and and it's surfers are a big part of it. Um, but just I don't know. I, I just think they they really I would argue HBO just does documentaries better than anybody. 
I just don't think Netflix is on their level personally. So I don't know. Have you followed? I know we talked about it. Have you followed the Phil Jack, Phil Jackson, Phil Mickelson gambling story? Dude, it's nuts. He's denying all. There's no way. There's some shred of truth in all this. Yeah. I haven't read the article. Like, shout out to my boy Matt Janella and and the Fire Pit crew. I think they were the first ones to start breaking clips of it and stuff like that, breaking out of the book. Um, I haven't read any of this stuff um, other than what I see like on social media, but it's, yeah, it's wild. I mean, just the numbers that they're throwing around are crazy. So, yeah. So I read like a in-depth article on it. So basically a book is coming out with a guy he used to work with named Billy Walters, who served prison time, who he blames Phil Mickelson. Cause let's not forget Phil Mickelson had the insider trading Right. Thing happened and he blames this guy, Billy Walters blames Phil why he had to serve prison time for that. But anyway, he was a big better too and a big gambler. And basically he could, he could only, he partnered with Phil because there was a ceiling on what he could gamble. But when he had access to Phil's money, suddenly that ceiling was raised big time. Right. And he's the guy saying, you know, Phil offered or not offered. He wanted to bet on the, the Ryder cup. cup. Yeah. All that money. So I, so I don't know, but it's, I mean, it really is nuts. Um, so Phil could bet up to $400,000 a game was what they gave him for his limit. And I don't know. It, it's it's he's basically saying Phil is an, and Phil admits he's an addict. Um, but he says that between listen to this, this is nuts. Between 2010 to 2014, he alleges that Mickelson wagered 311 million. That's bananas. Three hundred eleven million. He says that he placed seventy separate bets during a PGA Tour event in two thousand eleven, and that on a busy college basketball Saturday in two thousand twelve, Phil ran up four million dollars in losses in one day, betting on college basketball games. That's crazy. I mean, the the bottom line with this is when you're talking about a guy who did jail time, whatever, it's like, can you trust everything this guy says? Probably exactly. not. But also, even if it's exaggerating, dude, $400,000 in a day of college basketball betting is a lot. He said he lost $4 million. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's imagine he's, let's imagine oh, he's I gotcha. inflating it tenfold. Ten times. Now Phil's open about his gambling, yeah, issues. It makes me like Phil Mickelson. Though, like I was already a Phil Mickelson guy. It makes me like him so much more though. So he's denying that he wanted to wager four hundred thousand dollars in the Ryder Cup that he was playing in, which right. is good because they lost. 
I don't know why he would just make up this Ryder Cup event. That right. seems random to me. You're just going to pull this event. It makes me wonder what Jordan was betting, right? Like we, we all know Jordan's got a gambling thing. But also the money back then was like not nearly. I I, I don't know. The gambling thing is and interesting. And of course, you're, we're always going to have, you're always going to have the Jordan the mythical Jordan things. Like we're probably three minutes away from Jeremy Roenick being like Michael Jordan. And I were having beers at the international space station. And he bet $60 million on himself to score 30 points that night. You're like, there's just like, it's impossible for this, any of this to have happened. A lot of people don't know. Michael likes space. He got a shuttle. He took us out there. <laughs> Dude, you think, you think Michael Jordan's a, a good golfer? With with gravity, you should see him in zero gravity. He's again a fucking amazing golfer, and he's just drinking the whole day. And I'm like, bro, how are you going to get back to the game tonight? And he's like, oh, I'll just take an escape pod. And he did. <laughs> like he escape potted out of the International Space Station, went right into a Bulls home game. And I know that you can look this up, but he scored 91 points that day. And you're like, what? Michael Jordan never scored 91 points in his career. This is, we have game locks. Oh, okay, fine. But I'm telling you, it happened. You know that comment you left? People were still debating you? Like, like as of recently. Instagram? That's hilarious. On Instagram, as of just even like a few weeks ago. People were still debating. They, they weren't just debating the scoring, which you can look up. They were debating the weather. People were like, it could be a warmer December day yeah. in Chicago. I'm Just like hitting the golf course. Just the day. It's, it's a warmer weather day. Just happened to be the, the so, fucking, so it was 30 degrees. The global warming day where they stayed out there for three rounds of golf in December in Chicago. I guarantee, I guarantee Phil Mickelson and Michael Jordan have bet on something together. Yeah. Right, like those paths have for sure crossed. I don't get the gambling. I don't know. I just don't get it personally. How about the? Did they bet on? Did they bet on uh, the Pippin family getting the Jordans another ring? Is Jordan's son really going to marry Larsa Pippin? Amazing, right? Like, is it really happening? What's going on with these guys? You talk about some weird, wild, like fucking gross, like what, like. Why is Michael Jordan even allowed? Why why is this even a thing? I don't know, man. It's so weird. So she's 49. He's 32. So he gave her a promise ring. What are you fucking in high school? He gave her a promise ring and they're talking about marriage. Dude, this is just so weird to me. So weird. I mean, Scotty Pippen and her have four kids, 22 to 14. Do you think Michael has talked to Scotty about any of this? I'm going to say no. He, he couldn't have, right?
What do you say? Yo, my boys is fucking your wife. Sorry about it, bro. Thanks for always guarding the best player on the other team. My son's fucking your wife. <laughs> also, like, dude, what are you doing, man? You'll marry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, was, I don't care how it sounds. You'll marry a woman 17 years older than you, dude. Come on. Like, she maybe looks great. Do, maybe you do if you're 18 and she's 35. Yeah, she looks great. She also has dated, like, we, we've, like, since Scotty. I mean, she's just going through dudes. She's hey, got a we little. Do not, we do not slut shame on the show. Okay. Gotcha. I think I can as a former slut myself. <laughs> I'm going to join. What's, what's, what's the, what's the, didn't, uh, who's the girl Kanye, Wiz Khalifa, Amber Rose? Didn't she have like a, like a slut shame walk yeah. or something? Yeah, that's what I used to call my car. Slut shame? No, I used to call my car Amber Rose because black guys would lose their mind when they saw it. That's hilarious. <laughs> she makes a cameo in that HBO doc, by the way. Does she? Yeah. It's all Kanye controlled me, control, you know, that that's that's the spin on the Kardashian side is controlling, controlling, controlling. Right. And, and I'm just like, dude, you're fucking a doll, man. I don't know. I struggle with that stuff. Like the idea of someone controlling you. Dude, you're 30. Yeah. You got a YouTube question right now, which there's no way you're going to answer this. I have a Pranostradamus challenge. I like to get Pranos way too early predictions for the next five Super Bowls. Wow. <sighs> five Super Bowls. Can I? How about this? Can I just predict? Can I just give you teams that will win the five? I'm not going to predict them in order. The next five Super Bowls. The Chiefs will win two. Whoa, you're going to give Mahomes four. Chiefs will win two. The Niners will win one. The it's tough. It's like it's tough to go like Bengals. Like I want to say Bengals win one, but like it's t- it's tough, man. You're still the Bengals, but like Joe Burrow's so good. Like it feels like they get one. Trying to think of who I'm missing that I think could like really. You want to hear me out? Yeah. I'm gonna say Chiefs one. Chiefs one. Bengals one. Yeah. Carolina. Just just gonna go random. Let's say Bryce Young thing really works out. Uh, Carolina. Chargers. Wow. I thought about the Chargers, but it's like, man. Not with not with that head coach, though. We're we're saying five years. And uh Niners are an easy pick, but the Niners are also I just ah, I don't know. 
they're just hanging around too much for me to think that they don't get one. I'm going Chiefs two, Niners one, Bengals one. And the only one that I will predict. Giants. You're going to say Giants. In in year five of this. I knew you'd I, say In Giants. Dable we trust. I knew. I, knew I think the Steelers could get back in that mix pretty quickly, but like, I just don't know. You know, is Tomlin stick around? Is Pickett work out? I don't think the Ravens get in in five years. It's tough to put. It's tough to say the Jets because like they. It's a very short window. Um, it's tough to say the Bills because it's like have the Bills peaked? I uh, you know uh, the the Dolphins have a quarterback question mark i mean you look around the league there's a lot a lot of like quarterback question marks um and and by the way that would be why if like i say the giants it's like five years from now it's like okay maybe they have a completely different quarterback but i think the coach will be in the same place you look at the charges you don't have a quarterback problem but you do have a coach problem i'd rather take a quarterback problem right now than a coach problem to be totally honest with you because you can always change that up that's it's, the niners have a big question mark i think the eagles you know, could get in the mix, but also like, dude, if the Eagles fall off quick, you know, all of a sudden that money becomes very problematic. They're getting older. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing a good job, but like, they're also the Eagles, you know, um, I have no faith in anybody in that NFC North right now. Um, I have no faith in the Vikings. I have no faith in the, the bears or the lions. I have no faith in the Packers. I think I know they're going to be my, they're going to be like my sneaky team. And I've already said it, dude, if Deshaun Watson is like 85 to 90% of what he was before, Browns are going to be fucking good. I'm just saying. This is such a tough division though. It is. And I have no faith in the Browns, like throwing together a Super Bowl run. I'll, I'll say it right now. I'll say people are going to think I'm crazy. I have a better faith in the Browns making a Super Bowl run than the Ravens the next five years. Wow. That's how much out I am on Lamar Jackson come playoff time. I mean, but, me. but what about coach defense? Coach defense quarterback. Okay, Ravens defense. Ravens, Ravens coach. Yeah, I mean, they take two or three. I just want to believe in the Browns for some reason. I don't know why, because nobody's talking about them. I just want to believe in them. You have any? Do you have any faith in the Rams having a bounce back in the next five years? Yes, me too. If McVay sticks around, hundred percent. That's. Do you have any? Do you have any faith in a Pete Carroll has another Super Bowl contender in him? No. I don't really either. I mean, I think they can continue to win games, but I did like seeing him throwing though. Yeah. Did you see that? Do you have any faith in a Cowboys team being a contender in the next five years? No, not especially yeah, with me Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Dude, if you have you heard all this trade lands? You have a you have faith in a Belichick in five years doing another Super Bowl run, contender potential. Yeah. Not right now. It'll be a few years. The Niners really whiffed on that Trey Lance thing, dude, I think. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know if you've seen everybody saying like the guys they could have drafted. It's crazy. But five years is so tough. Let me just put it this way. If you were looking five years earlier, think about the teams we're talking about. The Bengals had Andy Dalton. The Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes. The Bills were the Bills. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the last, who's won Super Bowls in the last five seasons? Just the Chiefs, Bucks, the Bucks, the Rams, and the Pats. Yeah. Is that the last five? I think so. Obviously, the the Bucks is a situation where that's kind of like what we're talking about. It's like who who does a court like like when I say the Giants, right? Daniel Jones, hoping he works out, think he could work out, but I think they're building something there where it's like they're going to be making great moves, and then like is you know is the Giants quarterback in five years? Fucking Justin Herbert because it just fucking doesn't whatever. And they move on. And then, you know, we, you look at that Rams to Matthew Stafford situation. Like, I kind of feel like that's what's happening in New York. Now is, is Daniel Jones going to have like the Eli Manning thing? Or is Daniel Jones going to be Jared Goff where they're like, we're right there, dude. And you, you just can't get it done. And now we're going to, we're just going to go out and get this guy. We're going to go out and get X who we know is good and has been wallowing away on whatever team. Lots of pressure on Goff this year. He's got a contract after next year is up, but like the Lions have basically said he's their guy. I mean, you okay, you talk about coach, defense, quarterback. Their defense was bad last year. You and I are not in on the coach. The quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm glad I made a $100 bet. Even if I lose, that'll be fun. Just purely for Lions Reddit. Give us a ring. 310-359-8365. That's a hotline. We're on social at the Dirty Sports. I'm at us. Joe Prino on all social media. Uh, thank you guys for coming out for all the shows that uh, I've done on the road recently. Finally back home for a while now. Uh, JoePrino.com or just go to the link tree in my Instagram bio. I've, I've started to put up all my uh, show links up there. We got Alaska coming. We got Vegas coming. We got New Orleans coming. We've probably got another East Coast trip mixed in. We've got a we've got a bunch of stuff in and around LA, doing the improv, doing the a bunch of stuff around here. So come out and see a show. Word. Yeah, definitely come to New Orleans, guys. It's gonna be that, fantastic. That link is gonna be in the bio, the link to get tickets. So check out the not the bio, the description of this episode. So check it out. All right, that's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always. Stay dirty.